What should we expect from Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Puna Ford, and the Buffalo Bills defensive tackles in 2023? There's plenty to get into, and I'm breaking that down today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, excited to talk defensive tackles with you today on the podcast. We're working our way through our positional previews, if you will, entering training camp. And we've got four more to do this week. Defensive tackles, linebackers, corners, and safeties. And so today we will talk all about these defensive tackles. We'll start by reflecting on 2022. Talk about the personnel changes year over year and what does that tell us about the future. I've got my biggest questions now and in the future. And then, of course, my expectations for the Bills' defensive tackles in 2023. But let's start with a little reflection on 2022, and we'll begin this conversation with Ed Oliver, who it was his fourth season, played and started 13 games, was on the field for 60% of the defensive snaps, had two and a half tackles, or excuse me, two and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, 31 pressures. And of course, the Bills signed him to a big contract extension this offseason, $17 million a season for the next four years. So a very healthy extension for Ed Oliver. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. But when I think about Ed Oliver in 2022, I'm reminded a lot of injuries. Ankle injury week one, high ankle sprain, caused him to miss three games. Then he had a calf injury. Then he had a pectoral injury later on in the season. And that limited him. Because it felt like coming out of 2021, Ed Oliver was developing into the player we hoped he would develop into as a top 10 pick. And the conversation coming out of 2021 was, do the Bills pick up Ed Oliver's fifth-year option? And the answer was a very easy yes for just about anybody who you would ask. And then the injuries plagued him in 2022. Didn't quite have the impact we were hoping for, especially you felt it later in the season when you're looking for guys to step up as the units banged up, you lose Von Miller, and that Oliver didn't necessarily do that. But his trajectory coming out of 2021 was really good, and we've certainly seen a lot of high-level flashes from Ed Oliver. And the way that I would kind of sum him up is that Ed Oliver is not an elite player or a consistently dominant player. But he is a consistently good player that is sometimes dominant. What we're looking for is more consistent dominance out of Ed Oliver. And hopefully he can be healthy 
and live up to that contract moving forward. Daquan Jones, 16 games, 16 starts on the field for 61% of the defensive snaps, two sacks, three tackles for loss, 30 pressures. And folks, Daquan Jones was one of my favorite stories of 2022. He was terrific. He meant a lot to the Bills defense, provided the unit with very stable one-tech play for the first time in a while, and we saw the impact. No wonder Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano had their best year together. There's no question. They played five seasons together, Milano and Edmonds, and there's no doubt in my mind that collectively last year was their best season. Well, why was that? Well, they finally had an absolutely uh, good one technique, nose tackle. Those guys are so important, and Daquan Jones has been a very good, reliable player throughout his career, and you felt his absence when he wasn't available for the Cincinnati game in the playoffs. And he's just a player that I'm so satisfied with. He's been really durable throughout his career. Only missed four games since 2015. That's a long time, folks. Love having him. Love having him around. His impact as a pass rusher was more than I thought it would be last year. He had 33 pressures, uh, which were a career high by a good bit. And so I'm excited for Daquan Jones in his second season in Buffalo in 2023, but he was outstanding in 2022. You had Tim Settle as part of this mix, 15 games played, two starts on the field for 38% of snaps, had one sack, four tackles for loss, and one pressure. And Tim Settle's a player that when I look back on 2022, it's a very different conversation than Daquan Jones, where I was very satisfied with Daquan Jones, but Tim Settle is a player that I was hopeful to get a lot more from. Uh, We talked a lot about how in Washington, as a depth player, he didn't get a ton of opportunity, but the flashes were exciting. But then in Buffalo, he gets more opportunity, but that didn't necessarily translate to more impact. Uh, very modest contributions last year, both as a run defender and as a pass rusher. And then you get to Jordan Phillips, who played in 12 games, started one on the field for 43% of snaps, had one and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, and 19 pressures. And for Jordan Phillips, I thought he played really well against the Rams in week one, but then everything after that felt very inconsistent and injuries were a problem for him and they've been a problem for him over the last three years. He's entering his age 31 season, missed seven games in 2020, missed eight games in 2021. He missed five games in 2022 and probably should have missed more. He tried to play hurt and I'm concerned about the trajectory here. Uh, A guy that is a big body dude um, that has some athleticism, but Injuries have just really derailed him since that big breakout season with the Bills where I think he had nine and a half sacks. He got the big deal from Arizona, was hurt for two seasons, gets cut, comes back to Buffalo, and and has more injuries. And so what can you count on from Jordan Phillips? Um, We'll talk more about that in the next segment. But when I think back on Phillips in 2022, you saw some flashes, but him trying to play injured so much Uh, really took away from his ability to make an impact. And so I guess that's kind of the group, right? That was the core four, if you will, at Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, and Tim Settle. The bright spot to me was Daquan Jones. You know, I thought he really came in and played good football, but then you look at the other three, Oliver, Settle, and Phillips, and all three battled injuries all season long, which led to consistency problems. And so you're hopeful for a more healthy, situation in 2023 
Uh, and certainly the arrival of Puna Ford uh, helps because you have more depth. But um, you need you need these guys to be healthy and collectively play better along with Daquan Jones. And if that happens, you can see this unit being much more consistently impactful. And I guess the same kind of extends to the edge group, right? I mean, you're bringing back so much. You're bringing back everything. You're, you're not losing anything from last year at defensive tackle or defensive end, you basically just added some players to the mix in Leonard Floyd, in Puna Ford. You know, you got some other guys like a Shane Ray or a Cameron Clyden that you can bring up. But I look at this defensive line situation collectively, and I see everybody's back. And for the most part, everybody should help be healthy, minus Von Miller to start the year. And then you just add Leonard Floyd and Puna Ford into the mix. And, you, I mean, I get excited about that. I think that's a really, really formidable group. All right, we got a bunch more to get into, but first I need to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. So once you do that, you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, let's talk about the new makeup of this position group. Like we mentioned, everyone's back. So 2022, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle. All of that's back in 2023, plus Puna Ford. And then you have these depth players that I think are more competing for practice squad roles in Ely, Anku, Cortez, Broughton, Kendall, Vickers, and DJ Dale, which is when you got those four guys competing for like two practice squad spots, I think that's a pretty good group of guys competing for that, but we won't spend a whole lot of time uh, really focusing on that group of players. But when I look at the personnel turnover and what's different, here's what stands out to me and what it could tell us about the direction of the group. Well, first of all, the Bills didn't have to bring back Jordan Phillips, but they did. And there's a reasonable amount of guaranteed money on that deal. Um, He's coming off of shoulder surgery, which is like a five to six month recovery. Should be good to go for the start of the season. But again, the question remains, can he stay healthy? Uh, But they brought him back. They chose to bring him back. And I think that says something. They also restructured Tim Settle. um, And he's on the hook this season for a decent amount of money. I think his cap hits like over $4 million. But they did restructure his deal and reduced his cap hit by $600,000. And so that um, increased his guaranteed money. But, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. But, you know, Tim Settle is a player that they're giving another season to. And, you know, he comes back on a restructured cap situation. And, of course, the notable addition here is Puna Ford. And when I think about that, addition, and I've talked all about it. I'm very excited about Puna Ford. I think he's a very solid uh, A-gap defender that has some versatility, but you know, when I think about defensive tackle, 
it's another spot on this roster. We kind of been through this where the Bills had some attrition in terms of injuries in 2022, and then getting more depth was then a priority in the offseason. And I look at wide receiver. You know, we talked about this. Crowder and Kumaro go down. You bring in Sherfield. You bring in uh, Deontay Hardy. You draft another receiver and Justin Shorter. At edge rusher, same type of thing. Leonard Floyd, you had some injuries throughout that position group. Safety was much injured last year, and you brought in some players as well. And defensive tackle is another example of where you had injuries and you brought in a meaningful player to um, give yourself a little bit more of a hedge against some injuries. But Puna Ford, stout run defender, offers versatility in terms of alignment and diversity with the fronts, and I'm excited for his his arrival because I think, just like I mentioned with Leonard Floyd on Friday, the arrival of that player and that skill set leans further into some of the predicted schematic changes that I'm I'm guessing will happen with the Bills on defense. And for Puna Ford, you know, I think a lot about the diversity of their fronts and how Puna Fords come from a situation in Seattle where they were pretty multiple up front. He played anywhere from the nose out to some four eye and even some five tech alignments. And the Bills can tap into that uh, to an extent and feel like they can run a lot more uh, variety with their their fronts. So what are my biggest questions now and in the future with the Bills' defensive tackles? Number one is getting the most out of Ed Oliver, $17 million a season. And that seems like a lot of money, but that's right now 12th in the NFL among defensive tackles. Um, you just saw Quinn and Williams get a new deal from the Jets that pays him $24 million a season, which is number two behind, of course, Aaron Donald, who's just in another planet in terms of pay. Uh, but Ed Oliver signed a healthy contract extension, and he's being paid for future production. And when you pay a player $17 million a season, that's an indicator from the team that there's plenty of belief in Ed Oliver for where he's headed as a football player. And like I mentioned, there's some sticker shock with the deal, but I think in reality it's pretty fair. Um, 12th highest paid defensive tackle right now. There's some guys that are going to jump him. He'll probably be around 15, and I think that's pretty fair. I think Ed Oliver's around the 12th to 15th best defensive tackle in the NFL, but it's still a healthy commitment, and with this deal comes expectations, right? And I don't think that um, it's one that people will uh, be dismissive of. I think Brandon Bean's going to be judged critically uh, based on what type of production they get from Ed Oliver in relationship to the contract that they gave him. So number one is clearly, to me, Ed Oliver. Number two, I want to focus on Daquan Jones and his future beyond this year. I think he's going to come in and have a season just like he had last year. And I know that Daquan Jones loves playing in Buffalo, uh, somewhat close to his hometown. Uh, He's really embracing this time with the Bills, and I think he wants to be in Buffalo for a while. And I hope that's the case. You know, I know he's an older player. 31 years old right now, but his role is typically one that ages gracefully uh, in terms of the NFL, right? Defensive tackles kind of have some longevity to him. And if he's interested in continuing playing, you know, I'm hopeful that the Bills can lock him up beyond this season. And I want to parlay that right into Puna Ford. And, you know, certainly I have questions about how the Bills can get the most out of him and what his role is and, you know, what type of market share he commands on this defensive Uh, tackle rotation. Um, But I wonder if the Bills are facing a choice uh, beyond this year of keeping either Daquan Jones or Puna Ford, because I don't think you're going to 
get Puna Ford back for another very small deal, right? Sign like one year, just a little over $2 million with the Bills. And I think Puna Ford's a player that deserved a contract a lot more like what Daquan Jones is getting at about $7 million a season. And so I don't know that you could pay both of them that beyond this year. And so maybe there's a choice to make uh, between Daquan Jones and Puna Ford in terms of the long term. And I think you use this year to maybe find out and gather that information. Um, but, you know, on, on one hand, you can say, well, we really like Daquan Jones, you know, but on the other hand, Puna Ford's a younger player that's, you know, I think in the same caliber of um, performance as Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones is 31. Puna Ford is 27. And then I also get into void years. Right now on uh, on Daquan Jones' deal, the Bills are on the hook for $1.8 million in dead cap in 2024 for him, right? And so um, would you like to use that towards the money you have to pay him and actually pay a player that's going to be on your team as, a poise, as opposed to a void year? You know, I think that's a compelling case for Daquan Jones. But then also when you think about void years, Tim Settle is a guy that uh, the Bills are on the hook for in 2024, a $1.4 million void year. And so is that something where you're hopeful that Tim Settle is a player that you can bring back uh, because right now you're scheduled to pay him $1.4 million and that count against your cap uh, to not be on your team. So we'll see what happens with these guys. Um, if you do extend them, that money counts towards their deal as opposed to still having a count against the cap and not actually having the player. But the void year conversation extends beyond just Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. There's other guys. I mean, Tyler Medikavich is $667,000. That's not huge, but Micah Hyde, $3.4 million void year in 2024. And he's got two more void years after 2024 in 25 and 26 at $1.4 million. Leonard Floyd's a big void year. In 2024, the Bills are on the hook for $4.4 million. And then in 25 and 26, another million and a half in each season. So the Bills had some void years uh, to look at coming up where you have to ask yourself questions like, look at a guy like Leonard Floyd, and let's say that you can get him back in 2024 for $10 million. Well, you're already $4.4 million committed to him, just like Micah Hyde, like, Let's say you can get Micah Hyde back in 2024 for around six or seven million dollars. Well, you're already paying him 3.4. So to me, these are indicators that you would like to get something done in terms of an extension. So I'm really can really interested in this long-term outlook for the defensive tackle position and how the void years play into that. But also while I'm bringing up void years, of course, I wanted to. Uh, be mindful of Leonard Floyd and Micah Hyde, and even Tyler Medikavich, who are are pretty glaring players um, through that lens as well. So that long-term forecast is interesting to me, and I'm certainly aware of the void years. All right, folks, we've got my expectations for the unit coming up here after a quick break. In addition to a couple more questions that I have about the position group, stick with me, need a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, folks, I got a couple more questions that I want to get into for the Bills defensive tackles now and in the future, and then, of course, my expectations for the unit in 2023. The next question that I want to get into is, what can the Bills realistically get out of Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips? We've talked about Oliver, Jones, Ford. I think that's your top three at defensive tackle. I I feel pretty good about what those players can be in 2023 
The ones I don't know as much about is Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips. And if you keep all five, and that's a huge if, right? Because the Bills typically roster four defensive tackles, not five. Well, you got a math problem here because you can't keep all five of them if you're only going to keep four. So question number one between Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips is, do they both make the team? And if they do, one of them is probably going to be an inactive player every single week. So that's a little bit of a camp battle that we're probably not talking about. And what's most important here? Both are pretty versatile in terms of being able to play the one and the three. I think Jordan Phillips has appeal to play even wider out if you wanted to get him in some four and four eye alignments. You know, he's certainly the more proven player. Tim Settle has more upside, I guess, but Jordan Phillips has injury issues. There's questions about both players. And the Bills need to kind of sort that out and figure out which one is active on game days and how they deploy them because you'd like to get more out of those players than you did in 2022. And then my last question is the long-term element. And I know we kind of got into this just a couple of minutes ago, but the one of the big talking points this offseason was, and, and of course before the Ed Oliver extension, was that the Bills didn't have any defensive tackles signed beyond 2023. Well, now they had at Oliver that he's locked up, but that's still it. And so how do they remake the room next off season? Well, at Oliver's part of it, but then is it Oliver and then either Daquan Jones and Puna Ford, right? One of those two, then you have a modest veteran addition and then perhaps a, a somewhat early draft pick you know, top three round draft pick, and that's your four defensive tackles. You know, do you do you want to do something with those void years and bring back Tim Settle? I don't know. I, I'll be interested to find out. But the makeup of the room beyond this year, we have some more clarity with the Ed Oliver extension, but there's still a lot for Brandon Bean to sort out. So what are my expectations for the Bills defensive tackles in 2023? Number one, and it goes back to Ed Oliver, is be right about Ed Oliver. Be right about that contract. You know, he was going to be part of the mix no matter what, right? He was going to play in that fifth-year option for was like $10.7 million. And you want to be on the right side of this decision, not only to extend him, but to make the choice to extend him before the season. Because part of the appeal of Ed Oliver on the fifth year option was that you get contract year Ed Oliver and you either take that and say, yes, we love where this player is headed and you feel really good about paying him lots of money or he walks in free agency and you position yourself to do the Tremaine Edmonds thing and get a compensatory pick back. But you extended him early. And so not only do you want to get the impact that you would have hoped to have gotten in a contract year, but also the incentive in doing the contract early is that it, you anticipate it being less, right? Do the deal now because it's going to be more if he goes out and has a great season and as the market just continues to go up, which it is. We just saw the defensive tackle market get a huge boom with these huge deals that have went out to Quinn and Williams and Jeffrey Simmons and Dexter Lawrence. Of course, Ed Oliver's part of that conversation. Javon Hargrave got a huge deal. Deron Payne got a huge deal. So many defensive tackles got paid 
this offseason. And we're still waiting on Christian Wilkins. Chris Jones is due for some money. DJ Reader's due for, due for some money. You know, so th- this is going to continue to go up. And so that was good foresight by Brandon Bean, but you still want to be right about the guy that you committed to. And you could look real, real smart. Fed Oliver goes out there and has the season. Obviously, you're anticipating him having base on the contract. You're going to be able to, you know, fire up a cigar and feel real good about what you gave that Oliver. So be right about the decision, not only to pay him, but to pay him when you chose to pay him. Get out in front of potentially what it could have been a much more expensive contract in the offseason. So be right about that, Oliver. Number two is I really am excited to see the possibilities of Daquan Jones and Puna Ford and even sometimes on the field together. But those guys are so important to this football team in 2023 because of what they're going to mean to whoever starts at middle linebacker. And, of course, linebacker conversation is coming tomorrow, but whether it's Tyrell Dotson, Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard, you've got a very unproven player stepping into that role. And one of the things that we've talked about with Tremaine Edmonds and his um, development in Buffalo is that it was certainly impacted and not in a positive way by not having stable one tech play with any consistency next to Ed Oliver. And then you finally got it last year in Daquan Jones and you saw how good Tremaine Edmonds played. Well, that needs to continue next year. And it's even more important next year. And I say next year, I mean, 2023 because of the inexperienced player that's going to be playing next to Matt Milano and in Matt Milano and whoever starts, which I think will be Bernard, probably Bernard, you're going to have a very small pair of linebackers. You need to, and and the, and that's okay to have small linebackers in today's NFL, but the concern with smaller linebackers is playing through contact in the way that you reduce the amount of contact that they have to face is first of all, their own processing ability to, you know, read and react and, and get into the play, but also the defensive line absorbing blocks and making sure that those guys can run free. So Ford Jones, huge, huge role for them this year to give whoever's playing middle linebacker a real chance to play their best football. And then lastly, in terms of expectations, I want to feel really good about whoever that defensive tackle for is, whether it's Jordan Phillips or Tim Settle. More impact, more consistency. Defensive tackle four is still going to play 25% of snaps, maybe more. And so whoever that guy is going to be, show us the flashes, make some plays. Don't make me look at the Bills personnel and be like, oh, God, you've got Basham and Settle and Phillips and Epinesa out there because there are going to be snaps where that type of stuff happens. And you want to tap into your rotation, well, let's make it worthwhile to play this fourth defensive tackle. So need more from Tim Settle and or Jordan Phillips in 2023. All right, folks, we did it. We had a defensive tackle conversation. I like to just kind of call these my big thought dump uh, for the position group entering training camp, which is very, very quickly approaching next week. I think the players report early in the week and they practice like on Wednesday. So time is ticking away here on the uh, on the offseason. So the way that I'm going to attack this week is tomorrow will be linebacker. Wednesday will be herd mentality. Thursday, cornerbacks. Friday, safeties. And then we're camp mode. Got a couple things lined up for early next week to um, 
have some good conversations before the players actually report, but then it's going to be this very fluid news cycle of information uh, and things to react to. So buckle up, folks. 2023 season is essentially here, and we got a lot to cover here on the podcast. Obviously, a year of of high expectations. I know last year that was high expectations. Nothing's changed, folks. Nothing has changed uh, except for the whole world was predicting the Bills to win the Super Bowl last year, and this year they're not. And to me, good because I think the roster's better and the team is better positioned to go on a deep playoff run this year more so than they were last year with not having a first-year offensive coordinator and, and an objectively better roster. Like, it just is. So I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Buckle up. Join me for the journey here on Lockdown Bills. Hit that subscribe button. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.